0: Hello, and welcome to 7-Minute Opinions, your audio guide to thought-provoking arguments from a variety of the week's writers and thinkers. I'm Matthew Wolther, and today I want to take a good, hard look at the Second Amendment. For those who might need a refresher, here are the 27 words that make up the Second Amendment of the Constitution. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The Second Amendment clearly and definitely does not say what so many gun rights absolutists in America claim it does. And this is interesting when you consider conservatives otherwise consistent adherence to the philosophy known as constitutional originalism. One of the most familiar examples of originalist thinking is the conservative response to Roe v. Wade. The actual text of the 14th Amendment offers one of the soundest, if clearly not the most persuasive, arguments made against legalized abortion in this country. It doesn't contain some kind of ethereal right to privacy that extends to child murder under appropriately clandestine conditions. It is instead a straightforward brief for protecting the lives of all persons, including those in utero. To accept this position, you have to imagine that when you read the Constitution, what matters is the text itself, not your prejudices or preferences. Questions of constitutionality become clear-cut. Does a given law do something that the text forbids? No. Well, then it's constitutional. That doesn't mean it's laudable, or sensible, or even not evil. Affirming that a piece of law is constitutional is a very low bar to clear in moral terms. It's the legal equivalent of being asked how lunch was and responding, carbon based. For a variety of reasons, American liberals have, often with an eye on its historical shortcomings, largely rejected this approach to jurisprudence. Conservatives have not. Originalism is a litmus test to which every Republican nominee to the Supreme Court in my lifetime has been subjected. The Constitution doesn't change. The world around us changes, and we have to understand the Constitution and apply it in light of our current circumstances. The only power that I have is, is to apply the Constitution. I was not given the power to amend the Constitution. An entire parallel industry has grown up in the legal profession around this philosophy. Thinking in originalist terms is second nature now for American conservatives. This is why it's so bizarre when the Second Amendment is trotted out by conservatives in defense of the virtually unlimited rights of firearm enthusiasts to purchase, decorate, modify, load, plate dress up with, and occasionally shoot a vast array of tools manufactured for the sole purpose of taking human life with grim efficiency. But, from an originalist reading of the text, it is not automatically clear that individuals in their private capacity have a right to own so much as a squirt gun. Let's read the Second Amendment one more time. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Come on. No fair-minded reader. Could possibly hope to reconcile those 27 words with the views of the Second Amendment Foundation or the National Rifle Association. Which is not to say that the amendment disqualifies them either. It's actually silent on the matter. This is a provision about state militias, the 18th century ancestor of our National Guard. Translated into 21st century American, all this means is that we should have a military. And guess what? We've got one. One that is far more capable of providing for the security of a free state than any brag-tagged bunch of firearm-hoarding lobbyists. Not even 10,000 of this country's most dedicated Halo players could defend this country against a Russian or a Chinese invasion. But just one of them can kill dozens of people in a matter of seconds using firearms and ammunition that can be legally purchased with relative ease. None of this should actually be a problem for gun rights supporters. They are free to make any arguments they wish in favor of their pet cause. But if they're being intellectually honest, they can't pretend that their opponents lose automatically because of the Second Amendment. According to our constitutional settlement, the question of what, if any, regulation should govern the private ownership and use of machine guns, pistols, javelins, nunchucks, catapults, nuclear warheads is one that is left to the prudence of our democratically elected legislators at the local, state, and federal level. There is, in fact, only one really good argument in favor of a broad understanding of gun rights in this country. It goes beyond rifles for hunting and hobby shooting and handguns in some circumstances for basic protection. It's what you find if you scratch any Second Amendment absolutist. If the argument is that you need guns that are technically not the same ones Marines use to kill terrorists, but just tricked out to inspire the same amount of fear in onlookers and fire nearly as fast for some hitherto unspecified moment when it will become necessary to put on war paint and lay siege to Washington, well, congratulations. You are working in the distinguished intellectual tradition of Jefferson Davis, Ted Kaczynski, and Timothy McVeigh, among other giants of modern conservative thought. Do you need guns for the Second American Civil War? Then go ahead. Make that argument if you want to. It would be, if nothing else, a great deal more interesting than telling lies about a 200-something-year-old piece of parchment. And that does it for this episode of 7-Minute Opinions. Look out for new episodes every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. For more arguments left, right, and center... Check out our archive at theweek.com podcast, where you'll also find our seven-minute explainers and This Week I Learn series.